Dewey Do, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Stephan, alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. All right, here we go. Episode 16 of the What Do We Do podcast. Kyle Bogey and Dewey Stefan here with you. And we have a lot, actually, that we're going to cover on this episode. Uh, a ton to dive into. We're certainly going to uh, remember uh, an anniversary that uh, I think a lot of people are trying to forget, uh, unfortunately, that happened on Friday. Uh, we will, of course, touch on what this fall is going to look like with the upcoming elections uh, and certainly take a peek at the outlook based on which potential part party uh, could end up winning. But uh, I guess first things first, Dewey, good to be here again. And uh, I, I know, you know, we wanted to open up talking about, you know, 9-11 and the, the 19th anniversary, because it was just this past Friday. And it's bizarre that it's been almost 20 years, you know, to this point. It really is. Yeah. Hi, Abogi and listeners. Nice to uh, be back and to see you. Episode 16, right? Fantastic. And it is. It's bittersweet as we're here talking about um, freedom and the American dream and just life as an American, if you will. Um, we have to take a minute and uh, just uh, remember those horrible events of September 11th, 2001. Now, for me, uh, I, I was actually in middle school. I was a seventh grader, and we had the eighth graders running through the hallway uh, yelling, World War Three is underway and all this stuff. We had no idea what was going on. I was just a young kid. You, of course, were already in the, the professional arena. Uh, you were actually working that day, weren't you? Yeah, I was working that day. I worked uh, downtown Detroit for uh, Citigroup Smith Barney at the time. And, uh, you know, that's a day that I will always remember the events and watching uh, it transpire on CNBC, just like everyone else. And, you know, the immediate impact was that it was uns un uns unsure, un you know, uncertainty. No one knew what was going on. The reports were inconclusive immediately. And, um, you know, then as uh, we found out, you know, days later, the horrific outcome that was there, you know, I then reflected back to my time in New York, my time inside uh, the World Trade Center one and two. And um, again, because of, I don't know what I do for a living or where it happened or, you know, the fact that I knew some people that were there, it's just something that, uh, you know, we would absolutely be remiss if we didn't uh, just let everyone know that it's still in our thoughts and prayers. Yeah, and, and obviously a fitting, uh, you know, day and anniversary and time for it as well. You know, obviously our country is, uh, is going through a lot right now. Um, you know, so to be able to just take a day, maybe even a weekend, if you spend a few days, you know, reflecting and thinking about it, I always go back and watch the videos and some of the news clips and, and everything like that. Uh, important, you know, to remember, uh, you know, everything that, that transpired. We do also want to make mention of, you know, something else our, our country is uh, dealing with right now, and that's... Uh, Thinking about our, our, you know, patriots out on the West Coast, because it is just, it's nasty what's going on in California right now, unfortunately. Yeah, California, Oregon, and up in Washington, uh, we have West Coast clients, and talking to them late last week and, uh, you know, as recently as today, it's uh, unbelievable. It's horrible. I think 35 uh, people have died. There's 17,000 firefighters battling these fires. Five million acres have been destroyed, over three million in just California alone. So as you know, the headlines talk about a lot of other important issues of the day. I also think we need to recognize what's happening um, with those wildfires out on the West Coast. 
All right. Well, obviously a little bit of a somber start uh, to episode 16 here. And again, we appreciate everyone listening, downloading, subscribing, uh, sharing, giving feedback. Um, what we've been able to do here uh, through 15 episodes on the What Do We Do podcast. And again, we always encourage you, uh, if you want to find out more information, you want to learn a little bit more about investing and maybe what you should be doing, not doing, you can always go to greatlakeswealth.us. There is a ton of clickable information and things that you can learn, interactive uh, videos, a ton of stuff, a ton of content, really, uh, that Dewey and his team have, you know, for you to just educate yourself. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Now, uh, Dewey, as I mentioned, you know, at the start of the show, kind of just a a preview of what we are going to dive into. This is going to be a a critical fall, uh, I would say, for the United States, for our country. Uh, As we move forward, you know, into the next four years, we have an election coming up. Uh, in November. And we're going to be hearing about it quite a bit here over the next month and a half. Uh, Probably a little bit too much, you know, all the political ads that you're going to see or hear potentially on the radio. Uh, But this is always an interesting time for the market. You know, so we have another month and a half, but really, you know, once September kind of hit, a two-month stretch where it'll be interesting to see what ultimately transpires. But I guess we'll start with historically, Leading into an election, what what are those two months like? What what is this final month and a half normally like going into an election as it pertains specifically to the market? Well, again, you have to look back, and depends on the period of time that you um, you know want to focus on. And Bogey, we kind of done some work to see what would happen from. Now, until the election, we looked at uh, maybe September 1st through October 31st, the two months prior to the election. Are there any trends that are in place for you know specific investments or the broader markets, et cetera? So let's talk on that for a moment or two and kind of set up for this election. But before we do that, I'm going to catch you on the fly with, do you know the date of this year's uh, elections, oh, Kyle? November 4th? Oh, so close. November, November 3rd. 3rd. Yeah, Damn you got it. it. Tuesday. You know oh, it's a Tuesday, right? Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> So, yeah, this year's elections, which will be for the 46th president, but it's the 59th presidential election on and, November 3rd. And as important as it is to to be educated and be on top of it and, you know, make sure you, you know, cast your vote for whatever side or whatever party you might be interested in, I will say this before we get into it. I'll be really glad when it's November 4th and it's all over, because that's really the date that I'm mostly looking forward to, even though who knows how long it'll take to determine everything, but I'm just... I'm not the guy who wants to, to turn on the TV and see all of the political ads. I get why you got to do it, and we need to encourage as many people as possible to you know, figure out what they stand for, what they want, but man, it'll be nice when, when that day comes. I understand. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're old enough to remember when there was the hanging Chad. Uh, there was the election results of Bush and... And Gore. And uh, Gore. You I got want it. a recount. You yeah. got it. I want a recount, right? So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Otherwise, you won't wake up on the 4th and uh, you know be put to bed. So yes, with that, um, you know this podcast is going to be party neutral. This uh, podcast will be you know just focused on the facts as we see them from the investment perspective. We call that nonpartisan. Have you heard of this, Bobby? Absolutely. Okay. So that being said, we did look at the two months before the election. We will tell you also, uh, there is some history about what happens three months before the election might be a precursor of who would win the presidential election. So we'll talk about you know the, the three months up to it from who may win as a little crystal ball, we could say. And then after that, we'll talk about the difference between the two candidates and how that may affect the markets after uh, November 4th or when they would take office, you know, whatever that be in January. Right. So with that, we looked at elections going back to 1976. 
Okay, so uh, 11 elections going back to 1976, and Republican presidents, Democrat presidents, and we want to just see from September 1st through October 31st, those two months, what kind of happened with the broad indices, because we talked about in a prior episode that September is the worst month of the year in general, right? October is not much better. And so in that sense, we looked at uh, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ. We also looked at gold, silver, and then the U.S. Ag Bond Index. Fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so each of those had different levels of basically going down. So all of them went down except for the bond market. All of those um, indices had negative annualized returns Okay, for those 11 election cycles except for the bond market, which on average was up, again, for those two months, 1.21%. Okay, the Dow was down on average uh, 1.38, the S&P minus uh, 0.90, the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ that's been driving this market was down on average 1.8%. The gold market was actually down 0.61%, and silver was actually down 1.91% on average. And this is according to uh, NASDAQ Dorsey Wright, which is a uh, uh, research company that we subscribe to. Okay? Fair enough? Absolutely. Okay. So then, because I know you're on your game, Bogey, you would say, wait a second here. We got two elections that really might skew all these results. And I would say, Bogey, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And you would say... 2008 would be one. Yep. I I don't know if I would know the other. The other would be the year 2000. Y2K and the events that led up to um, the 9-11 event that we talked about. So uh, the market had a huge drawdown from 2000 to 2002, and then obviously the one in 2008, right? So were we throwing those out of the data a little bit? Well, so what we decided to do, again, with the help of uh, Dorsey Wright, was throw out the 2008 decline, okay? Because that was broad-based. That was basically all sectors except for the bond market. And um, uh, the precious metal of gold, you know, held in there pretty well. So if you take out 2008, okay, you leave in 2000, take out 2008, you have all of them are now positive, okay. But the least positive is the Nasdaq, and the most positive is still the uh, U.S. Ag Bond Index. So it does tell you that one bad number can affect the entire set that you're looking at if there's not enough data points. Uh, We looked at it, again, a little bit more in detail about if there's a Republican in office leading up to it or the Democrat leading up to it. And at the end of the day, we've come to the conclusion that your gold and precious metals and your fixed income, your bond investments, were the ones that probably uh, gave the most protection, but also gave the most alpha or actual returns during those two uh, months leading up to the election. Makes sense? That, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So again, we kind of just uh, left it there that, um, you know, in any market, including the one we're in now, there are opportunities, there are pockets of strength and pockets of weakness, and the market will be volatile in September and October historically anyway. But there was nothing conclusive from what we saw, except that expect volatility, the markets may actually trend lower, but your fixed income or your bond market, as well as the precious metals, may be the safest place if you want to stay away from the volatility leading up to November 3rd. So is that what you're expecting here, I guess, over the next month and a half is is kind of along the same lines of what you know the trends are that you just kind of pointed out, that this next month and a half is going to be 
volatile. It's going to continue that pattern, essentially, of election years. So we believe that in general, yes, because, again, noise and we have debates coming up. There's uh, three presidential debates. The first one slated for September 29th, then October 15th, and then October 22nd. There's a vice presidential debate uh, scheduled for uh, October 7th. And so those will probably give some hype and some uh, added volatility to you know the period. But in general, election or not, you have traditionally the September and October volatility that's there anyway. So with on top of it where the markets are currently, but you also have the Fed, which we talked about before the Fed put, and interest rates at basically zero, and the Fed saying they'll be accommodative, means that you better believe in volatility, and you better just have a long-term approach. And if something happens in the short term, take advantage. But uh, from what we do, long-term investing, sometimes you know, just put your, you know, sit on your hands and just kind of pay attention and uh, take it that way. Hey guys, it's Bogey. I want to take a second to talk to you about Dewey Stefan and his excellent team at Great Lakes Wealth. Look, do you feel overwhelmed with managing your assets in today's financial world? I mean, think about the times that we're in here in 2020. Do you want financial freedom? Great Lakes Wealth offers Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. They sit down with you to develop custom financial solutions utilizing all of your assets, even your 401k. We build the future you want based on your goals and your dreams. That is what Great Lakes Wealth is all about. Thinking about you, thinking about your family, and thinking about your future. Simply go to greatlakeswealth.us to schedule an appointment today. They offer better investments, better service, and a feedback guarantee. Okay, a feedback guarantee. Your road to financial freedom starts at greatlakeswealth.us. Please visit greatlakeswealth.us or simply give Great Lakes Wealth a call today. How much of a factor do you think the uh, COVID-19 and the, the pandemic in this entire last six months, basically, that we've been dealing with impacts, I guess, the next month and a half? Do you think it'll play a significant role or do you think this will be, you know, the election and the ups and downs of the debates and, you know, all of that will will be the main factor in determining what happens with the market? I think they'll both both be you know, included Both in the same, yeah, sure. in, you know, in yeah. the conversation. Um, if COVID comes back with a vengeance and we're all shutting down again, then that on its own may supersede and that may move to the markets and move to other, you know, other you know, byproducts of what's happening. If COVID doesn't seem to be um, as much of an issue, then again, it may help focus on those other issues that are here. What if there's a vaccine in the next two months? Is that helpful or hurtful? Is that just create more challenges that are out there, things to consider? Or does that make us all, you know, sing kumbaya and happy here we go again, (laughs) right? So there's so much to go on, uh, Kyle. But to the point of your question, another company that we do business with, Hartford, the Hartford Funds, they've done some research on uh, the upcoming election. So if we now move to the election coming up and uh, what may be issues of the day and or, you know, post uh, November 3rd, they surveyed their clients And with the cross-reference of their clients, the issues that were most important to their clients were the following. 39% said the economy. Makes sense, Mm -hmm. right? 33% of their clients said COVID-19 response and what's going on, right? 15% said healthcare. 
and again, the healthcare uh, you know benefits that would be there for uh, you know Americans. Six percent said race relations. Thought that might be a little higher in this current environment. Yeah, no doubt. Five uh, percent said climate change policy, and two percent said trade policy. I thought that might be a little bit higher, also. You know, with what's going on, especially with China. based on the last four years. Yeah, for sure, right? So again, I guess you know their clients are investors, so the economy would rule the day. But as you asked, the number two you know issue is COVID-19. Will this be one of those things? I mean, we've talked for, for months since we started doing this, and uh, and I feel like I've learned a ton, um, you know, just doing this with you, Dewey. But, you know, headlines on one day have had a massive impact on what the market ultimately looks like the next day, whether it be positive headlines or negative headlines. If we're talking about, you know, debates, you mentioned the first one is going to be on September 29th, and then there's going to be a vice presidential debate not long after that in early October. And of course, we'll see how many others go into that. If, say, one side ends up performing, you know, well, or they focus on one area, and that's something that people are into, are we going to see, you know, kind of a shift in the market where it's going to spike up, it's going to go down based on what potentially comes out of these debates? Or is it too hard to look into that? I would imagine it does. Yeah. yeah, for sure. You know, maybe for at least an hour the next day, maybe for the next day on its own. Yeah. You know, that's what happened when the uh, Democrats had their national convention and then the Republicans had theirs. So headlines, we've talked about before, headlines rule the day, right? So off of the news or who wins the debate or this and that and the other, you're absolutely going to see traders try to get the edge, the traders edge. Bogey, there you go with that, right? <laughs> but um, for the election itself, there's two trends. Two trends, no matter what, that we're paying attention to. Okay, we talked about before the election for two months, we might be able to find a little bit of a solace in bonds and maybe some gold and other um, non-aggressive investments. But we also know that history tells us by an 87% probability factor that the three months leading up to the election, if the S&P is positive, right, for the three months before the election, you follow me? If the S&P is positive, the incumbent keeps his seat. The incumbent wins re-election if the S&P is positive the three months prior to the election, 87% of the time. So we basically have a month and a half already into that three months. Has it been positive the entire time? Uh, Well, so it was positive, then it went a little bit negative because of some drawdowns. But yes, so it's positive at this point. Interesting. And it's very interesting because Biden has, um, at last count, a 7%, 8%, depending on the poll. He has a pretty clear lead in the election from the pollster perspective, right? So if you believe that, then we're talking about the blue wave, they call it, where uh, Biden becomes president, and if they can somehow get the Senate and they already have the House, then they have complete control, that being the Democrats, mm-hmm. and they will be able to really um, you know, push some policies through. But, again, he has the lead according to the pollsters, but depending on how this S&P does, you have odds for or against current President Trump. Well, in, in, in general, too, I mean, we're, you know, we're trying to be fact-based here and, you know, you know, nonpartisan and all of that. Last election cycle, you know, certainly the pollsters and, you know, all of that had the Democratic candidate winning, being in the lead. And, you know, that ultimately wasn't the result of the election. So, you know, certainly something to pay attention to uh, over the next several weeks. So I, I guess as we start to look at each individual party, I, I guess for lack of a better way of asking this, which party historically... And maybe even moving forward here, 
I guess, moves the market the most or, or would move the market potentially more in, in your mind and in, you know what you've seen over your years in your career? Yeah, historically, and again, a lot of investors are doing this research because it's you know readily available you know through the internet and it's only six potential outcomes. Okay. okay? Republican president, Democratic president, right? And then you have a Democratic Congress or a Republican Congress. And then that would be either if it's a Senate and a House and a Democratic Senate or a House, right? So you put those in, you can have all blue, if you will, all red, or a House divided along with that president. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So we know um, that there are key issues, and we know that um, each president, presidential candidate, has their platform. We'll uh, skip through the Donald Trump saying that his would continue as is now if he's reelected. Sure. And then it would be if the Senate seats that are up don't weigh then the Senate would stay uh, Republican and the House is currently Democratic, right? So if things stay status quo, we would understand kind of where things would be for the next four years, right? Mm -hmm. We'll talk about if that means things go up or not in a moment. However, if Biden wins, it's not just if Biden wins. We understand pretty succinctly from his platform what he says he would like to do with the tax rates and other spending policies, et cetera. And so we know what his agenda may be, if you will, but... It doesn't mean if the Senate is Republican that he will get anything done or won't have much success compared to what he would hope to. If the Senate does uh, flip over to the uh, Democratic uh, side, then it's an easier road to get his policies through. If he has Republican, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Democratic support in the House as well, then that's all three, the blue wave. Somehow, maybe the Republicans control the House. That's unlikely. That's the most unlikely. Um, The Senate is most likely going to continue to be uh, a Republican. And then again, it really comes down to who would be president. But Biden has the lead, according to the polls, and he has some very specific economic differences in opinion or agenda than the current administration. So we got to pay very close attention to that. Okay. So I I guess specifically, and this is a multi-layered question and we'll do it for, for both sides here. Come November, you know, 4th, you know, the day after the election, Joe Biden is the next president, the what 46th, you know, president of the United States. How much of an impact, positive, negative, whatever, will that have on the market? So the key issues with the election are the economy and tax reform. Mm-hmm. And that we agree. And this is kind of ours, I guess. And if you can go, again, look at Reuters or look at other news services, you know, they would probably have them in this case. So it's going to be a little bit different than what we said for the Hartford and their investment sure. community. Okay. So we would actually have the second most important issue as the racial divide. So we would have that up there at number two. And then number three would be health care, then immigration, climate change, foreign policy, and then the technology regulation and different things going on um, in that space. So that being the case, we would agree that economics or the tax reform is number one. And Biden has five tax proposals out there, best as I know. And in general, the largest one is to undo the uh, tax cuts of 2017 and go back to how they were. And that would make the highest tax bracket 39.6 from 37. I think he also wants to raise corporate taxes um, back to 28% from 21%, ending the step-up basis at death. Applying Social Security payroll tax on incomes over 400000 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all that to say is that on the surface, if Biden wins election and the uh, Senate would be Democratic, 
then you could push some of these through. And then we would argue that the markets may have a period of weakness because, uh, again, if there's more money that are uh, coming out of people's pockets, uh, less money to go into investments. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the worry out there on Wall Street is that if Biden wins election, then the markets may have a a soft patch post his, uh, his election. We believe that either way, the economy is going to continue on. The stock market will continue on. And we would argue that going back, you know, 100 years has proven that um, no matter whether it's a Democrat or Republican, all three blue, all three red, you know, um, gridlock, whatever you want to call it, we believe that Wall Street will figure out how to uh, thrive, Adjust. not just survive. Sure. Ooh, I like that. Uh, so I, I guess on the flip side of things, you know, because prior to, COVID-19, I think, you know, just rooted in facts, you can say the market, economy, doing well, you know, certainly. I think you can say that. Obviously, unemployment, uh, you know, was was very low. If this president in this climate is to be, you know, reelected, what, what do we see from the market? If the status quo stays, you will, again, not have a lot of undoing of what's been done. Yeah. We at Great Lakes Wealth kind of have our own little take on what may happen, and it's a little you know, outside-the-box thinking, and uh, we may be dead wrong, but we also may be right. And we kind of also understand that when you have a second-term president, they kind of become a little bit more confident, if that's a very polite word of saying, you know, that they know that they have four years and they don't have to run for re-election again, so they kind of push through their agenda even more. Mm-hmm. So that being the case, I think Wall Street would understand that. And I believe that either way, whichever president uh, ends up being elected and however it goes with the uh, Congress, we kind of think that investors in general will take a pause to just like reset their own table. So we would um, not be going all into cash the night before the election or anything like that. No way, no how. But we would certainly expect maybe additional volatility after the election and we would probably say, you know, a few points uh, lower between the election date and the end of the year, which, by uh, the way, is opposite of what history shows. History actually shows that trend number two, as opposed to the first one, which was the three months prior, who, if the market's up, that president gets reelected, right? The other trend is that regardless of which party wins, the S&P has historically rallied 3% through the end of the year. So again, nothing's 100%. But so this time we would kind of say, be a little cautious after the election as well. And then no matter who is in the White House in January, we will find the opportunities and they will be there for sure. I'd be curious to know if there is a difference or a way to compare, you know, or or maybe some data even, I don't know, based on a president that is a two-term president. You know, that that does, like you said, have the luxury of four more years. You don't have to worry about reelection. You don't have to worry about campaigning the last year or so, uh, you know, of your final term versus, you know, potentially this Democratic candidate, Joe Biden, depending on what you read, might only be a one term president. Do, Do you think that that would have any kind of an effect on on the next four years? I don't think so. I think ultimately what happens is what's his policy and what typically has happens. So and with, what he'd be able to get through. For sure. sure. And really, again, it would be tax. It would be a yeah. tax situation back to that economy, right? Yeah. So um, with that, we do know that estimated earnings on companies due to Biden's tax plan would basically affect all sectors of the S&P. 
Another question for you, Bogey. How many sectors are there in the S&P? There are 11 sectors. Booyah. Bam. My man, he got it. <laughs> Fantastic. So there's 11 sectors, right? And the ones that would be most affected by the tax plan, meaning it would affect those corporate earnings, would be uh, con- communication services, healthcare, consumer staples, and technology, right? So uh, communication services and technology have been the two sectors that have been um, you know, all aboard, the train this year, right? Um, that means that there may be a, a, a quick and a swift drawdown to those in a situation of uh, Biden winning the presidency. But beyond that, again, we will see what happens. If it's him, then great. We'll just take maybe off of those sectors and move it into other sectors that would do historically well with you know his tax plan or you know wait it out. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities to figure that out later. But the bottom line, I think, is no matter what. The markets historically do well for the three months after the election. The S&P goes up, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat. Okay, that's number one. And then number two, there's only been one time where for the 10 years after uh, an election, the S&P hasn't been higher no matter what. Every other time there's been a president or a presidential election, except for once, the S&P has been higher than it was uh, when the president started, right? And they're not in there for 10 years, obviously. I know you know it eats the most, but the 10 years after that election, the only time was when George uh, Bush was there, and that was the 2000 to 2002 world trade situation and the rest of it. And I'm going to give you some quick numbers here. If you would have put $10,000 in the market, the S&P back in 1961 with our guy, you know what John F. Kennedy said back in 1961? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country, right? So if you go back and put $10,000 back in 1961, just in the S&P 500, through June of this year, I'm not kidding, you would have $3,148,529 through June 30th of this year. Ten grand into $3.1 million and change. Not a bad period. That's a long time, mm-hmm. 1961 to now, but that's a heck of a lot of money, right? Now I'll go back further. Assuming we uh, find that super drug that uh, keeps us around till the end of time, if you put $10,000 back in the market in 1934, in the middle of the Great Depression, 10000 put in 1934, and I'm not kidding here $30 either. $30 million. Great guess. $30 million. Well, I, my data only goes back to 2018. Okay. So through 2018, you would have $57,809,000. Oh <laughs> That's a 10.7% annualized return, right? 1934 through 2018. So bottom line, stay invested with your long-term plan, but knowing what might happen in the short term whether it's this year or four years from now or eight years from now, et cetera. Fascinating stuff. We're, we're certainly going to keep you guys uh, updated on, you know, the, the moving and shaking. We'll, we'll certainly, you know, re, I guess, establish this subject as the debates are going on and as we get closer and closer to the election. But uh, a very good breakdown there, some good details. We'll all be monitoring it and watching it here uh, as we move forward. Should be a very, very interesting fall uh, for the United States of America. But uh, that's going to do it. Episode 16 of the What Do We Do podcast. Again, we appreciate you guys listening, subscribing, downloading, sharing. And if you do want more information, investing, you know, whatever it may be, anything, you know, wealth management related, please, you can always go to greatlakeswealth.us and get as much information as you possibly can. Bogey, I'm going to end with two quotes. 
one from the Republican side, one from the <laughs> Democrat side to keep it all uh, on the up and up. And uh, the one from the Republican side, we're going to go with Ronald Reagan, who was quoted as saying, live simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, leave the rest to God. Okay, fair enough. Sure. Your guy, Ronald Reagan. Okay. Your other guy, Bill Clinton, was quoted as saying, we all do better when we work together. Our differences do matter, but our common humanity matters more. And with that, I want to say thanks for uh, listening in to Podcast 16, 17's on deck. Opinions expressed in this program are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It's only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risks and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional.